it, it can't just be about hurry. It can't be. And yet as we've kicked off this series, as you heard last weekend, there's a, there's a new a term that doctors and psychologists are using. They're calling it a new disease that many of us have. It's called hurry sickness. And uh, this was a term coined by cardiologists who were studying the link between type A personalities and heart issues, heart disease. And what they found is that hurry sickness is, is destroying many of our lives. And I gave you a quiz last weekend. It's six questions. I won't go through them now. If, if you missed last weekend's message, you can catch up with it. But uh, you had to rank yourself on how many of these are true of you. And that tells you how much you have this, this disease called hurry sickness. And after the message last weekend, I was... I was so taken back because so many of you reached out over social media and email and other ways and you just said, I scored a six out of six like you. And I, I wanna be honest, I felt really good about myself. I felt really, a lot better about myself. Like I'm not the only one. No, actually I just felt really convicted because I thought this is the exact message series we need at this time for so many of us in our lives. In fact, one of my um, really good friends, he, he texted me and he said, Ashley, man, just listen to the message, this thing on hurry. It's the thing in my life that's literally destroying me and my relationships. Whether it's my wife or kids or even some friends, I go and I go and I go. And I just have this feeling, will it ever end? That might describe how you feel. And I want you to know it can end. In fact, it has to end. And there is a better way. And it's what we're gonna look at for the next several weeks, looking at the life of Jesus. See, Jesus accomplished more than any of us will ever accomplish in our lifetimes. In other words, he was unbelievably productive, and yet he was never once hurried. Never once hurried. That is so convicting to me because I know in my soul I am hurried all the time, and yet into our lives, Jesus wants to speak. It's the verse we're gonna try to look at every week in this series, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, I'm gonna read it from the message translation, but I wanna invite everyone on every campus, would you just read this along with me to kind of let it sink into your heart again? Just read along with me, you ready? Are you tired, say it out loud, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Let's pray. Father, that's the kind of life so many of us want, and yet we don't know how to get it. And yet you promise that if we take your yoke, if we do things your way, we can have a life that is free and light and would you convict us today to act on what your word says? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, for the next four weeks, what we're gonna do is, starting today, we're gonna take one rhythm that Jesus gives us, one thing from scripture that can slow us down. And here's what's amazing about each of these things. They're actually gifts God wants to give us, and if we would accept the gift and open it up, we wouldn't actually live any less uh, productively in life. In fact, the promise is we, it wouldn't even be equal productivity. The promise is if you'd accept this, these gifts from God, you would see your productivity increase to a great, greater rate. In other words, here's kind of the promise. You can be less hurried, but more productive. I don't know about you, but that is crazy motivating to me. 
like crazy motivating because I think if we got to sit down with a psychologist today and a psychologist just started dissecting what's inside of our hearts and our minds about why we are so hurried, why the pace of our life is out of control, here's what I think most psychologists would diagnose in our life. I'll summarize it this way. Our hurry is driven by a fear we might not be enough, we might fall behind, and we might fail. In other words, we may not be known as successful in some area of our life. Whether that's our career, which some of us are, have been wanting to prove to this world that we have what it takes, or whether that's in our parenting, we don't want to fail as parents, or in a relationship, or in a marriage, or whatever is important to you, we don't want to fail. I mean, it drives so much of us and yet, if I was honest today, I, I would tell you, I told you last week, I struggle with hurry. I think that's what drives me. I mean, very transparently, I, I want to be a great dad. And there's so many days I just feel like I'm not spending enough time with my kids, maybe not giving them what they need. I mean, I want to be a great husband. And yet the demands of leading our church and the demands on my wife are, are never ending. I love you. I don't want to let you down. And yet there's so many times that I'm preparing a message during the week and I spend about 20 plus hours a week preparing these messages in addition to the 30 plus hours that I need to spend leading and helping lead our church. And there's so many weeks I get to the end of the week and I'm going to preach on the weekend and I think to myself, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. And it's so tempting for me to just work more and more and more at a rapid pace. And yet I know many of you here today, you're busier than me. I think about the CEOs in our church and the doctors and the, and the teachers and the coaches and those of you that are working second jobs right now just to make do. Honestly, I think about the single parents in our church. I think about you a lot. Most of us could never imagine. I think about those of you that have a special needs child. And the only break you ever get is when you get to drop them off in our ministry during the weekend. So glad we have a special needs ministry here. I think about those of you that are caring for aging parents. So many of us, if we are honest, wouldn't we just say, we don't think there's enough hours in the week to get everything we need to get done and be successful at it, and we just don't wanna fail. In fact, it's, it's got to the point where now a new HR study was recently released and it said this, that most of us are to the point, 70% of us say this, we need to work at least some seven, seven days a week just to get everything we need done. In fact, just this week, I, I read this article. It's an eight-page article that's, that's titled Tips for Working Seven Days a Week. I mean, this is, this is where it, it's come to. And yet, I want you to know today, there is a better way straight from Scripture to not do this. Not do that. Nobody wants that, right? And yet, that's kind of where some of us are. So today, we're going to open up God's Word, and we're going to look at one principle for slowing down he gives us. And if you have a Bible, you can turn to Exodus chapter 20. This is a section of Scripture where God gives us the Ten Commandments. And one of these Ten Commandments is designed to slow us down. Let's just kind of review the Ten Commandments really quick. Um, number one is worship the only one God. There's have no idols. Don't dishonor God's name. We'll skip number four for a minute. Honor your father and mother. Don't commit murder, adultery, steal, lie. Don't covet what belongs to someone else. 
I mean, if you looked at all these Ten Commandments, minus I haven't given you four yet, would you be okay breaking any of these Ten Commandments? I mean, this is God's top ten list of how to live your life so it doesn't fall to pieces, right? And most of us today would say, I don't feel comfortable breaking any of those. I mean, if you broke one of the Ten Commandments, you would likely have to go to counseling, or in America, you'd go to prison, right? I mean, that's some of them. And yet, the fourth commandment is the one commandment in our day and age, we are completely okay breaking what's on God's top 10 list. Let me just show you the fourth commandment. The fourth commandment in summary is this. Every seven days you, may take one, you must take one day off to rest. No work allowed. I wonder how many of us are doing a little bit of work seven days a week. In fact, this is not just the commandment we're okay breaking. Sometimes we, we brag about it, right? We say something like, someone walks up to us and says, hey, how are you doing? How's life going? Oh, man, I am so busy. I haven't had a day off in four weeks. Badge of honor, you know? That's how we say it. Would you do that with any of the other commandments? I mean, if someone said, hey, how are you doing? Oh, man, cheated on my wife four weeks in a row. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be okay with doing that with any of the other commandments, but yet this is the one. Now, let me just read you the commandment so... We can let it sink in today, okay? Here's the commandment, command number four, Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse eight. God says this, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, holy just means set apart. This day is different than every other day. Six days you shall labor and do all your emails, all your text messages, every Zoom call, six days, all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it, you shall do no email, no texting, nothing, no work. And then he goes on and he just like, God just takes away every excuse. He's like, nor your son nor your daughter or male or female servant nor your animals nor your foreigner residing in your towns. Now out of all the 10 commandments, this is the longest commandment. The second longest commandment is actually to have no idols, which some of us are like, whew, got that one down. Every once in a while I know I work seven days, but I don't have any idols. Really? Maybe the reason you're working seven days a week is either work or what work provides so you can buy all that stuff, that's your idol. Not only is this the longest of the 10 commandments, which by the way, God gave us two of the longest Ten Commandments for the ones that we likely struggle with the most. This is also the only of the Ten Commandments that has an explanation. Listen to the explanation. Going on in verse 11, it says, for in six days, for just means could mean because. Why do we have the commandment? Because in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord, remember these two words, the Lord what? Say it out loud. The Lord blessed the seventh day and he made it, say it out loud, holy. If you're taking notes today, the Sabbath, the word Sabbath, not a word we use today, is the Hebrew word Shabbat. And it's very simple. Here's all it means. To stop. To stop. To cease. That's all Sabbath means. You're thinking like, what should I stop? Very simple. All your work. All your work. Which means... The first thing we have to know about the Sabbath is this, is that six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day, here's how you can read the verse, it's a stopping day. 
It's a stopping day for the Lord. So here, here I'm going to tell you three things about the Sabbath. Here's number one. The Sabbath is a non-negotiable command from God. It's not negotiable. Now, when God gave the Ten Commandments, let's clarify something. He didn't give them for salvation. You are not saved by following the Ten Commandments. You are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, period. Period. But after you're saved, you've gone all in with Jesus and been baptized. God gave us these principles, these commandments, so that our life would go well. So our life wouldn't fall to pieces. Our marriage wouldn't fall to pieces. Our family, our careers, our mental health, we wouldn't be in a ball on the floor struggling. So behind every one of the Ten Commandments is a principle. Let me give you a couple examples. Don't murder. Now, I'm not really worried about most of you murdering someone. Most of you, all right? But what's the principle behind it? Jesus clarified in the New Testament that it's not just about murder, it's that you shouldn't even hate. So the principle is love, that we are to love others. That's the principle. What's the principle behind adultery? Jesus clarified to to not even lust with your eyes. So the principle behind adultery is purity because that's how relationships work. What is the principle behind the Sabbath? It's very simple. The principle behind the Sabbath is rest. Now, God had to command us to rest. Is that crazy? I mean, John Mark Homer said it this way. He said, God commanding us to rest seems like God commanding us to eat ice cream or like listen to good music or, you know, go to the beach one day. I mean, those are things that we're like, we'd be, you think we'd be like itching. We'd be so committed to following this command. And yet God knew there was something deeply wrong with us in our human condition that we are so apt in this world of dog eat dog and just get ahead and try to be successful at everything so you look good that we are gonna leak work into seven days a week and it is gonna destroy us. So God had to command us to rest. Could it be the reason you're so exhausted today? The reason you don't feel peace is because you're actually breaking one of God's top 10 commandments. You can't experience the blessings of God without following the principles of God. Which means the second thing we need to know about the Sabbath is this. The Sabbath is blessed. It's blessed. Just listen to the command, Exodus 20, 11. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. Now when he said this, it's an explanation for why we should do the Sabbath. He's actually taking us back. The, the, the first mention of the Sabbath isn't in the Ten Commandments. It's not. It's actually in the creation account in the very first couple chapters in Genesis. When God created the world, what did he do? Genesis chapter two, verse two. It says, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested. God modeled for us what he wanted us to do. And then it goes on to say this. This is just so interesting to me. Then God blessed the seventh day. God blessed a day. In the creation account, did you know there's only three things God blessed? Watch. In Genesis chapter one, God, first thing he blesses, he blesses the animals. Watch, he blesses the animals. Genesis 1.22, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. God blessed them so they could multiply, fill the earth with life. Then the second thing God blessed is he blessed us, mankind. Same words, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. 
Mankind, go out and fill this world with life. Be blessed. The only other thing God blessed is a day. He blessed a day. Why would God bless a day? For the same reason he blessed the animals and mankind. Because when we take a day off, God multiplies and blesses and gives life to the other six days of our week. That's why he blessed a day. Now, the word blessed in Hebrew, listen, it means to invoke divine favor to fill with strength. Think Arizona Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, six and zero, blessed, blessed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Cardinals aren't blessed, right? They're having a good season, all right? What's blessed is a day, and God blesses the Sabbath day. This principle is very, very similar to tithing. I've, I've taught you tithing, I believe, with everything inside of me that when we bring the first 10% back to God, God says he blesses the other 90%. The tithe, by the way, in Malachi is called blessed. It's called blessed. So what is the principle with the Sabbath? It's the same principle. When we give God a full day off, the way he commanded, he will bless the other six days and multiply them where we'll get more done in six days than we ever could in seven on our own. Here's how I summarize the principle. When you take a Sabbath, God supernaturally multiplies and gives life to your other six days. Now, admittedly, this is a little hard to understand, isn't it? I mean, people almost think about it the same way they do tithing. They think about it like it's just too good to be true. Maybe that's just like a little biblical mumbo jumbo. But you'll never know if it's true until you start practicing it. The Sabbath and tithing. But what is amazing to me, because did you know, I, I'm a data guy. I love data. I, I, love, I love just, I love it when things in our culture today, where, whether it's math or science or facts, they catch up to the truth of God's word because God's word does not change ever. Because some of you are thinking this, yeah, 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 I mean, it, sure, it might be blessed, but God doesn't know my job. My job's hard. Yeah, God doesn't know hard work. I mean, he just created the whole world. Yeah, but, but, but God, Jesus didn't work in the 21st century. It's different nowadays. We're fully always on, always connected. Jesus didn't work in the 21st century, so maybe you're like, this is just an antiquated command. If you think that, let's look at facts and figures today. There are only two really large companies in America today that take one day off a week when everyone else works seven. Do you know what they are? You, you, you know some of them, because some of you, have you ever driven into a Chick-fil-A parking lot on Sunday? <laughs> Dang you, Chick-fil-A! Why? I just wanted a chicken sandwich. Well, you can find out why, because if you get on their website, their founder, Dan Cathy, writes very clearly, he's a Christian. He said, I take Sundays off because I wanted my employees to have one day off a week for them to rest and worship. That's the reason. Which, by the way, whether you're a Christian or not, you, you have to respect because he's the founder. He can do whatever he wants, right? But apparently no one told Dan Cathy when he made this decision that in the restaurant industry, Sunday is the highest grossing sales day of the week. 
So sure, Dan, you can take Sundays off, but you will never be as profitable and make as much money as your competitors who work seven days a week. It's impossible. You can't take the highest grossing sales day of the week off and expect to be as profitable per store as others in your industry. Unless God's word is true. I'm going to show you the most updated figures from 2020 of restaurant profitability. And the best measure is to measure fast food store sales per store. It's how they they measure profitability. Here's the top five. I'm not going to show you the first one. Top five. Number two, Raising Cane's. Three, Whataburger, In-N-Out, McDonald's. You can see their per store average revenue per store. You already know who's number one. How much? How much? Chick-fil-A is in a different atmosphere than everybody else. They don't just blow the competition away. They blow them away by over a million dollars a store. Come on. How does a fast food restaurant that takes off the highest grossing day of the week blow the competition away? There is no other explanation than God's blessing on their company. That's it. This is a principle from God that you are fighting the fabric of the universe if you ignore this principle in your life. What's the only other company, large company in America that takes off one day a week? Hobby Lobby. And I recently sat down with their CEO, one of the greatest men and leaders I know, David Green. I want you to hear from him, watch this. David, I, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us and speaking into the life of our church. Um, I've got to know you just a little bit, and you've, you've already really impacted my life. But one of the things that's so different about Hobby Lobby, um, really different, is um, it closed on Sundays. And I think there's a lot of women in our church that would rather you be, right. open, oh, maybe maybe some guys too, but right. some that would rather you open on Sundays. Right. But you're not. And, and that's such a counterintuitive business right. decision. Because right. I, I think it's one of the most profit, profitable days of the week right. it, in it retail, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. So tell me about that decision to be closed on Sundays. Well, you know, I came from an environment where the managers would work uh, six days a week, sometimes seven. And when I came over, I decided I don't think it has to be that way because mm. it's important to balance your family. The family is more important than your success in business. Wow. And so I, I knew that, and so I didn't want to create an environment for our employees if they had to work that long. And so Sunday was about the family. So you, you've taken this biblical principle of taking a Sabbath, taking one day off mm-hmm. every, every seven mm-hmm. days, you've applied it to the business. Mm-hmm. And I think you're only one of two large mm-hmm. businesses that, that, that ever take Sunday off. I think that's and, right. And tell me how, has God blessed that? I mean, how, tell me about the profitability of the company compared to peers that are open seven days a week. Yeah. Well, if you look up public companies and see the profit they put on the bottom line, the percent of their sales, you would not find anybody that is profitable as Hobby Lobby. So God is, has blessed us because we've tried to use his word. And if, mm. you, if you don't really stand on that rock, that's the only rock we have to run our lives is God's word. So God's word is so important to us 
not that we get it right all the time because we don't, but we really at least know that this is how we can build our lives and what God's Word says. So in the bigger picture, I know God has blessed us for trying to do what we know is right, even though it doesn't make sense dollar and cents-wise. Yeah. Well, to me, you're one of the greatest examples, I think, in the world today of being obedient to what God says and then watching God bless that. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe for someone here today who's even a business owner or you know, someone who struggles taking a day off, just to hear that there's hardly any company in the world that's more profitable than Hobby Lobby, taking off a day of the week that is one of the most profitable days of the week, you can't explain that. I mean, mm -hmm. that doesn't make intuitive mm -hmm. sense on paper, and yet God has, mm -hmm. God just continues to bless mm -hmm. you. Um, was there ever a time that you personally thought you needed to work seven days a week to, to make it to make it happen? You know, we started uh, we started not opening on Sunday, and then we had a competitor that that was raising money to, to go public, literally hundreds of millions of dollars, and so they sent information to us. We got it secondhand that they were going to bury us with their money. Wow! And so, oh, you have little faith. I opened on Sunday. Huh. And so there was a few years, three or four years, that we were open on Sunday, and we just knew that God was talking to our family that this was not the right. It wasn't who we, we, we said we were and wanted to be. I, I sometimes think about this idea of taking a Sabbath day, you know, honoring God with the Sabbath. I think about it sometimes the same way I think about tithing. Right. When we honor God with the first, he can do right. more with 90% right. than we can with 100%. Right. And the idea of taking a Sabbath is really an act of faith, that right. God can do more in six right. days, we can in seven. Right. What would you say to the person listening to this today that just says, well, I just cannot, I cannot take a day off and get it all done? What, what would you say to them? I, I think I would just have to... Uh, it goes back, I think, to that key thing, who owns this business and what would God like you to do? You know, would he like for you to have a day of rest? And if that's the answer, then take the day of rest mm -hmm. and believe that God's word, he's going to bless you in that. The same as tithing. Yeah. You say, I can't afford it. Maybe you can't afford it because you haven't paid tithes, you know? Hmm. Maybe that's the, the reason. But a lot of this goes back for me because I have to go back to God's word and have faith in God's word. This is what I know God once said. David, I... I don't know many men like you um, in our world today um, that are so faith-filled and really just trying to live ob obediently to God's Word. And so I want to thank you for being an example um, to me and to thousands of people watching this. And I just, I guess my prayer is that through your words and your example that there'd be a generation that's raised up where we have more men and women that are so faith-filled and obedient to God that we begin to see our world change and more people come into eternity. So I want to thank you again for impacting us in such a big way. Thank you. We're honored to be with you. Yeah, amazing interview. Um, I'll, I want to thank David for doing that. Um, you're such a great friend. And, and to your wife, Barbara, um, you are truly making an impact. But as you watch that interview, how does a company that's not selling iPhones like Apple or advertising like Google, they're selling home goods and kind of trinkets. 
How does that company taking off one of the highest retail sales days of the week, how are they one of the most profitable companies, arguably one of the most profitable companies in the world? God's word is true. It's true. Now, why don't you hear about this in the business world? Why don't you read an article in Harvard Business Review, a case study on Hobby Lobby? You want to know my opinion? Because they don't know how to explain it. And the only way to explain it would be to point to God so they ignore it. You don't get to ignore it because I just showed it to you. This is God's blessing. And the same blessing that you just heard is available in your life, personally, in your career, in your marriage, with your kids. God can do more with six than you can with seven. Now, a lot of people ask questions like, well, which day is the Sabbath? Do I have to take it on Sunday? I just heard two companies do it on Sunday. No. Did you know in scripture they didn't even take a Sabbath on Sunday? Their Sabbath was Saturday? Well, what happens if you work the weekends? That would be me. You just, the principle is you take one day off every seven. One day out of seven. That's the principle. Don't legalize this like the Pharisees. My Sabbath is on Friday. Now there's every once in a while I'm at a conference, I have to do something on Friday, I will just take another day of the week so I don't break my Sabbath. That's how important it is to me. The biggest question people ask is this. What do I do on the Sabbath? What do I do? (laughs) Wrong question. The right question is, what do you not do on the Sabbath? It's a stopping day. You don't do work. No emails, no text replies, no Zooms. You don't open your computer just to check in. You don't do work. You don't have to be legalistic about it. Jesus ripped the Pharisees for being legalistic on the Sabbath. You just don't do any work, your your day job work. Now, the goal, remember the principle is to rest. So you say, well, how should I rest? You rest however you rest best. I mean, everybody's a little bit different, right? Let me just give you some ideas how you could rest. Go eat it, eat, eat really well. I mean, just eat something great. Go play, go laugh, go spend time with your kids and grandkids, read a book, golf, Paint, hike, walk, ride a bike, watch a movie, lay around, take a nap, have sex. Seriously. Yeah. This is a day to be enjoyed. It's a day to be enjoyed for you. Now have sex with your spouse, okay? Married people with your spouse. Let me clarify that. Some husband right now is like, you know, honey, this... This Sabbath thing, I think we gotta try this out, you know? (laughs) This sounds like, this is very spiritual, I'm bought in, let's do this, okay? Um, (laughs) Don't get legalistic, just don't work. Just don't work, why? Because the third thing you need to know about the Sabbath that we are told is that the Sabbath is holy. We're told that it's set apart, which means there's always a consequence for disobedience. When God calls something, something holy and we break that holiness, this day is holy. There's always consequences. Did you know out of all the, all the Ten Commandments, one of the only Ten Commandments, the Sabbath is one of the only ones that you can get the death penalty for breaking it. I mean, think about that for a second. Hey, God, uh, Johnny stole some stuff this week. God's like, make him pay it back. Hey, God, Johnny worked seven days this week. Kill him. Kill him. I mean, does that sound cruel? 
A little like overly cruel. What is the principle as a New Testament Christian today? The principle is this. When you don't take a Sabbath, you are literally killing yourself. And all the data backs this up. Let me show you one of, I could show you hundreds of studies. In groundbreaking research published in National Geographic, this is not a Christian study, a man named Dan Butner, who's a researcher, he published something called The Secrets of Long Life. He just wanted to know what allows people to live longer. So he went all across the world, a major research project. He went to China and Japan and studied groups of people that live longer. When he was studying America, there was a surprising group of people that in America live longer than almost anybody else. You know who it is? It's a group of people called the Seventh-day Adventists. Now you can go look this up for yourself, but the Seventh-day Adventists are people that are very strict about taking the se- every seven days, taking one day off the Sabbath. And he found on average they live 10 years longer than almost every other American on average. Now, I want someone here to let the math sink in because you've been skeptical of God and you've been skeptical of God's word. This is not a Christian study. They live 10 years longer, people that take the Sabbath on a, on a regular basis. If you took one day off every seven over a lifetime, do you know what that adds up to? Just over 10 years. God is telling us there is a spiritual principle, the way he designed you, the way he designed the fabric of our universe, that you must take a day off or you are literally stripping life from you every single time. What's God telling us? The Sabbath is blessed and it's holy. I told you last week that that I personally struggle with hurry. I mean, I am paced to a, to a rate that I'm sometimes embarrassed about. I am. And, and in just one area, I would just tell you, I love this church so much, I, the thought of letting you down, letting this church down, it just, it, it, it just kind of gets at me. And I would tell you, when I'm preparing messages, I mean, I know the message is gonna go to, you know, everyone here and people online, it's gonna be seen by 50,000 plus people. And the pressure sometimes is like immense to the point where I told you, I'll get to the end of the week preparing a message and I'll think, this is terrible. And it is so tempting for me sometimes on Thursday when I leave to go, well, I'll just go in for an hour or two or just look at it a little bit on Friday. I mean, God understands. God, I'm doing this for you. This is for you. And I'm weak in a lot of areas we're gonna talk about in this series. This is one where God has pierced my heart and soul and I have just tried to be really, really strong. You need to know that I will not work on Friday. I will not do work for CCV, I don't. Our staff knows it, I don't look at email, I don't text, I don't ever, ever work on the message as bad as I think it may be because I have found that when I rely on God's blessing working six days a week, it always goes further than me working seven. Our staff knows it. I mean, I've had staff sometimes say this to me. On, earlier in the week, they'll go, hey, I know you're off on Fridays at your Sabbath, but like, hey, could we just, could you come in for just this one meeting? I want to look at them and go, hey, why don't you ask me to go murder someone right now? Like, why don't we go to a bank together and rob the bank? You're asking me to break one of the Ten Commandments. That's how serious this is for me. Because I've told you, 
Almost every single weekend when I'm preaching, before I hit the stage, I am backstage and I am praying a prayer to God. And here's what I pray, and it's emotional for me. I just say, God, when I speak, help people not hear my voice, but hear yours. Because I'm a man, I'm flawed. I don't have the power to change anyone. God does. So if you hear from me on my strength, we're all toast. We are all toast. You don't want me standing on this stage in my own strength. You want me standing on this stage blessed by God, standing in his strength. And I can't do that if I decide I have to break one of God's commands and work seven days a week just to do what God's called me to do. And plus, by the way, there's more important things to me than what I'm doing right now. I have a wife at home that God has called me to lay down my life for and love. That's called by God to do that in Ephesians. I have three girls that desperately need their dad. Could it be that in your life today, the reason you are struggling so desperately is because you are breaking this command? You cannot expect to break the principles of God and experience the blessings of God in your life. So I am challenging you today to put this rhythm into practice. It is a gift from God to you so that he can bless you. I'm gonna challenge you to do this. It's very practical. For the rest of 2021, you just test God on this. Would you take one day off a week and do it? No excuses, no work. You might have to go back to your work and talk to them and change some things. You might have to set up your phone and email and turn it off and make sure you don't even like even peek at it because it'll get you in a rut. But I am just telling you, I'm telling you, please, I'm begging you. If you'd follow this principle, God would begin to change some things in your life. You'd ruthlessly eliminate hurry and you'd see transformation. You in? You in? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, Some of us need this. We've been breaking this command for so long. It's why we're so worn out. It's why we have no peace. It's why some of us, our bodies are breaking down. And so would you convict us today to live this principle in a way that's not legalistic, but we are doing it because we need to rest. And in doing that, would you convict all of us, all of us, the stay-at-home mom, the CEO, single parents, would we take a day off where we just rest so on the other six days you can bless it? And as we experience your blessing, would we point people back to you because there is a better way? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, before you leave today, let me let you in on one announcement. Um, we've been in this campaign called For the Valley. I love it when I see shirts out and about. I hope it's developing great conversations for you, but as the year-end approaches, we thought this year kind of was a big year-end thing we could do for our city. Instead of telling them we're for the valley, let's show them we're for the valley. And so on November 20th in the morning, um, we're gonna do something called our CCB Serve Day. It's our For the Valley Serve Day. Our groups across the valley have 
gone out and searched, and we found hundreds of projects where we can go serve our city, from you know, serving at a community center to cleaning up a, a, a park that's near you to actually like serving the homeless or maybe just helping a neighbor in need. There are hundreds of projects that are gonna take place on this morning, and all you have to do is show up and serve. You can go to our mobile app or ccv.church slash serve day. Just find a project, sign up, and let's go show our city that we're for them, that Jesus is for them. And I think we might just see some transformation in our city when we show our city tangibly. You can go sign up for that, but CCV, let's go Sabbath, let's go serve our city. Have a great weekend. All right.